Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about SEO. I'm working in this niche many years. I don't remember exactly, like 10 years. And uh, I'm excited to discuss this topic with an expert in this niche, Liam Quirk. Am I right to pronounce your name? You're nearly there, yeah. It's a good pronunciation for somebody who's not... uh... You know, not from England. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying hard, you know, to pronounce any names. And I love uh, <laughs> having guests with uh, short names, but that's okay. You know? <laughs> it depends on the country. You just call me Liam. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay cool. cool. <laughs> by, the, by the way, you know, I have a nephew, Liam, as well. You know? Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. My brother uh, has been living in the US many years and he has a son, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, before we start, introduce a little bit about yourself, your background, and why you decided to to use this topic SEO. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, yeah, so obviously, yeah, as we know, my name's Liam Quirk. Um, I've, I've been in the SEO industry since I left school, which was, you know, although I do look quite young, it was 2014. Um, so I've been doing SEO since then. Um, I've worked in many different um, many different industries. Um, I've worked with lots of different clients. So I've worked in the trenches, working with businesses who have very, very small budgets, you know, below 100 pounds a month. Um, and then I've worked on big campaigns as well with, you know, uh, multinational lead and brands. And um, so I've got good experience working with lots of, lots of different businesses uh, along the way. And um, all my, probably, 18 months ago, I decided to start my own SEO agency, offering consultancy services um, to, to most e-commerce businesses. So um, as you can imagine, because I've been doing it my whole work in life, um, I've developed quite a quite a passion for, for SEO. Um, and yeah, I'm a, a pleasure to be part of the industry. Cool, cool. And you know, um, uh, I have my own SEO agency in Ukraine and Russia. It runs perfectly well, you know, in these countries. But, you know, uh, I'm interested in uh, your methods to find new clients and customers. Uh, do you use uh, SEO methods or uh, any other methods, pay-per-click, just share all of them? <laughs> yeah, so um, with, with us, yeah, with, with us finding uh, new clients, we, we do um, a lot of, you know, we, we do a lot of our own marketing. So um, we've got, obviously, we've got our own website. We, we, we do a SEO for that, looking for, you know, local clients. Um, we've got, you know, we've got Google My Business listings set up, which generate quite a bit of business for us. Um, people pick up the phone and, you know, do, do a lot of LinkedIn marketing as well. So um, posting case studies on LinkedIn. And that, that tends to work really well. And that, that's a good way of us finding our, our clients. Um, it's, it's nothing... Uh, crazily it's, it's nothing crazily different um to, to what most people do um but for me it's you know seo is a subject i'm passionate about so that's how i do it to get my own clients okay yeah got it uh, i like linkedin as well you know yeah it's awesome place if you share value you can get mass following uh tell me um about the first step in seo uh, because our topic how to uh 
start SEO with a lack of budget, you know, small budget. Sometimes people have no money, but they get high ranking. Uh, that means uh, we don't need to compete with big popular websites uh, and find another strategy or share your insights how to do it. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's the first step um, for any SEO campaign for me, particularly when you're working with a client that's client that has, you know, most of the time it's a client with a low budget. They haven't actually used SEO before. So, um, for me, it's all about setting the client's expectations. So, if we're working on a low budget, um, you know, it, there's no point going after, you know, really competitive keywords. Um, you know, for example, if you're in e commerce, you know, you're in finance, you've got a health website, and, um, you know, you, for me, it's it's distinguishing what the client would actually be able, be able to achieve with their budgets, um, and the, the first step is all always understanding, um, obviously who their their target audience is and what they're actually going to be searching in a search engine in order to find their website, and then obviously understanding a bit more about you know the, the competitors, the people who are showing up for them terms, which um, you know create create business for them. So the first step for us is you know learning more about what the clients. It, uh, you know, the client's trying to achieve and um, what they can expect with with their budget. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay, uh, what uh, is the first step? For example, uh, uh, if uh, some website owners wanna uh, get SEO traffic, what they need to do first? Okay, so um, the first step is always you know identifying them keywords. Um, the keywords which people are going to be searching so there's so many different ways of going about it so obviously if you're an experienced seo professional um you know you've got probably access to lots and lots of paid tools i mean i know i've and i know i have and it costs a lot of money um but you know there are ways and means about you know finding these type of terms yourself i know you've got you know your own set of tools which people can do their own you know their own keyword research with um and there are lots of other tools out there i mean Something I use quite a lot is something called Answer the Public, and you can try and understand what people are searching for in relation to your topic. Um, and it's, it's identifying, identifying what them terms are and then getting them on your website. So creating content which is highly relevant to these searches. Um, and, you know, obviously, most SEO people will know about this. People who aren't in the industry, you know, will, will know the basics of, you know, your meta tags, your H1 tags, making sure your, your keyword mentioning the content, making sure all the, you know, semantically related terms are in the content. So it's producing, you know, this piece of content um, and getting it up there on your website. And that's if you start on with, with, with a blank website. If, you know, a lot of the times business owners who um, I come in contact with, they have their own website already. It could be, um, you know, they've gone to a, a web developer, a, a web design agency. These guys have actually uh, created the website for them and have put their, you know, their own content up there. It could be something that you know, um, the client has actually produced themselves, um, and it's a case of going in there and and optimizing this content using the methods I, I talk, just talked about. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's imagine a situation. For example, you get a new client. Uh, by the way, <laughs> I uh, I had such situations many times. For example, uh, yeah. uh, one client told me uh, I wanna uh, uh, promote my website. I, I asked them, okay, share your main keyword, uh, uh, and I got the answer like uh, weight loss. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, show your website. Uh, you know, I'm going to launch my website in the next month. 
you wanna get weight loss keyword yeah. in the top 10 and you have no website and just going to do uh share your insights how you can lead such people in the right direction okay yeah so it's interesting and i imagine you come across it all the time people um people who typically don't understand seo do have crazy high expectations um and the way we would approach that type of campaign obviously first thing we would do we tell the clients that's probably not achievable, um, you know, for at least a year, unless you've got, you know, you've got millions of pounds and it probably is achievable then. Um, but we would obviously, we would analyze the website they've created and identify gaps in the content. So we would typically with um, a, a keyword, which is that competitive, we would uh, use different tools. So um, you know, we, we use tools like uh, SEMrush, Cognitive SEO, uh, Page Optimizer Pro. Um, you know, there, there's so many different tools. Answer the Public, that's a free tool I've just uh, talked about. And I'll identify lots and lots of long tail keywords um, which people are searching for. So it could be um, the questions what people are thinking before they realize they want to buy, uh, you know, a weight loss product or whether, you know, they want to learn more information about weight loss. So it would be longer tail keywords. So it could be something like how long does weight loss take? And we would produce content on the website um, and get our voice across that way and be seen as a thought leader and, and find our own niche within the weight loss industry. And we would slowly chip away at doing that. So we'd be creating content. Um, you know, if you wanted to rank for weight loss in a year, you'd probably have to be producing, you know, three or four blog posts per week in order to, you know, create enough relevance, create enough traffic, and obviously, you know, find the right types of links. So we'd be producing content at a wide scale um, and creating lots and lots of topical relevance. So that, that would obviously be the first step. It'd be creating a full content plan and, you know, working with content writers to produce that content and get it up on the website and get some eyeballs onto the website, which, if it's a brand new website, you know, it takes a lot of time for Google to trust. You know, uh, I think that uh, if you have a million pounds, it's not the best way <laughs> to just try to rank weight loss keyword from the scratch. You know, many other keywords you can find, <laughs> uh, rank them. Uh, and uh, it's better to go step by step, for example, even in boxing. Uh, for, let's imagine uh, you want to... Uh, be a champion in the world uh, what you can do you can uh, train a lot uh, find uh, local turners uh, i mean like uh, to win them uh, go step by step and uh, for example if you are talking about some uh, websites that rank in the with the keyword weight loss <laughs> many of them are billion companies you know <laughs> they have uh, a lot of resources uh, authority trust and it's hard to overcome with this topic even uh, considering the medical update uh, the parameter it even having much better links you sometimes you can't overcome them uh, that's why it's better to choose the right strategy okay let's talk about um, uh, the right strategy uh, you mentioned uh, that you use SEMrush and many other tools uh, and um, uh, uh, tell me how to group and filter keywords. Uh, for example, if you go to SEMrush type weight loss, you can get many uh, uh, suggestions and uh, they have different intent and it's better to group to uh, different pages, various pages on your website. How do you provide this job? 
Yeah, so quite similar to what you said. So we obviously we use these tools where um, we would typically not everybody does it this way, but we group the the you know different keywords by the intent of the search. So um, if it is you know it's a product based website, it's e commerce. Um, we would find the different subtopics underneath the topic and we group them that way. So, um, you know, there, there are lots and lots of different tools that you can use. And we typically, um, it, most of the time, we, we use the, the uh, tool called SEMrush and we'd go on there, we'd type the topic in, we'd create the keyword list, um, and we'd obviously use our magic and get it into a spreadsheet. And um, we would actually subcategorize them that way. And that these keywords are what would form our content plan going forward. So that, that that's the way we'd approach the keyword grouping. Um, lots and lots of people, um, you know, there are ways of using AI to do it. Um, for, for us, it's mo most of the time um, with the types of clients we're working with, they are people, um, you know, they're not multinational businesses. So it's not websites which we're going to have to produce thousands and thousands of uh, different titles for. So we do the good old fashioned manual way. And we actually, when we find a keyword, we'll actually look at the shapes and analyze the intent of the shapes, what the competition are writing about. And we provide a, you know, a little bit of brief for our content writers um, about how we should approach it. Yeah, you know, uh, I want to share with you my tool, <laughs> Keyword Clusterizator. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm interested to learn your review. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, it's in, uh, uh, I had this issue uh, with my team uh, because we spent a few days to group uh, a list of keywords. For example, if you type weight loss, you can get weight loss supplements, weight loss reviews, uh, uh, free blog, anything, you know, yeah, uh, a thousand su suggestions. And many of them you need to group uh, to <laughs> different groups to learn user's intent and uh, we created a tool a keyword clusterizator um, it uh, filters uh, 40,000 keywords uh, for a minute you know <laughs> uh, you don't need to wait a lot of time it's interesting to learn your review you know no, no pressure just <laughs> after uh, yeah. our podcast I will share with you you can use it and tell me <laughs> your insights okay tell me about uh, how to analyze competitors because uh, most keywords you can find from competitors and you know for example from my experience i often see when webmasters don't understand that you don't need to compete with uh, competitors uh, in their uh, successful way for example when they tell me okay just steal their traffic i want to rank on these keywords but you know if they have strong positions uh, many backlinks high quality content why we need to overcome them I think it's not the best way. I usually search for uh, competitors' weaknesses. If I see uh, a lack of quality content, I can jump with this topic. Can you share your insights, how you do it? Definitely, yeah. So um, we're, we're analyzing competitors, um, particularly when we're, we're trying to find new keywords. The way we would typically approach it is we we run a content gap analysis. So on our own client's website, so that's where we start off. Um, and it's based off... It, it's, this, this is, we start off without actually looking at any of the competitors' websites. So what we think based on our original keyword research, what keyword is miss, uh, what keywords are missing, what paid titles are missing across the whole website. And then once we've got the information from the clients about who their competitors are, we run the exact same exercise on their websites. So we would, you know, let, let's say we pick five competitors. We'd go through the list of them five competitors, see what 
see what these guys are talking about and then we'd identify what they're not talking about and if the search volume there and whenever we identify when we identify a topic which the competitors have never wrote about before and there's traffic there that's what we always start off with that's what's going to be the quick win um for, for our clients um as you mentioned before people will it's the, the easiest thing to do and it's to be honest mostly the laziest thing to do is to look what your competitors are doing let's say if you're working on a local scale um for example let, let's use america as an example um obviously if you're looking for a plumber in new york the whole shape is going to be different to when you're looking for a, a plumber in san francisco and there's going to be bits and bits and pieces you can pick up from, you know, everybody who talks about the same topic, but in a different area. So it's not just looking at who your competitors are locally. It's looking at who they are nationally. And in some cases, um, it's something which works, works really well in the UK. Um, for example, the CBD industry. So with the CBD industry, that's, um, that's really taken off in the UK at the minute. Um, but for in America, it's you know it's been around longer. They're always you know a few steps ahead of the UK. So thinking of content ideas, you, you look you know you, you basically you you set up a VPN and you do a search in America, see who's ra actually ranking over there, see what topics they're writing about, and nine times out of ten, because um, the industry's a lot further ahead in America, nobody would have wrote about it in the UK. And there's there's an opportunity there, so it's looking at who your competitors are on a, on a wider scale as well, and um, not necessarily people who are trying to get the same customers as you. Yeah, you know, I like your approach <laughs> to learn from. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like if you want to promote local websites, to learn from other uh, areas, uh, more. Uh, I don't know, like uh, I don't want to tell mo modern countries, <laughs> but uh, yeah. that have. Uh, much better content and results yeah yeah interesting you know for example i use uh, the same approach uh, to promote my agency in ukraine because i started uh, late than uh, like in 2013 and many told me it's too late you can't do it but you know uh, we got a lot of traffic because of uh, translating content from uh, uh, american blogs and yeah <laughs> that's why we, we got a lot of results with uh, this okay yeah I, I like this approach i need to consider it uh, for example if you want to promote local seo to analyze other uh, areas to find some gaps in your uh, area and provide it interesting you know never thought about this <laughs> okay yeah, it, it, yeah it, that yeah it's, it's it's all about with, with local businesses it's particularly in the uk um for example the area i'm in which is liverpool there's not lots and lots of competition so let's say if i was to search for plumber in liverpool you'd probably find maybe 10 to 20 businesses who are actually trying to compete for it um and that's makes it quite you know it's relatively easy to get results so in order for these you know these clients to break out into other areas into the surrounding areas like manchester over over, over cities uh, you know that's the way you've got to approach it and you've, you've got to build it by doing your own analysis because that that's the type of analysis that no tools will tell you okay okay uh you know we discuss a lot about uh, local seo Tell me uh, the difference between uh, common SEO and local SEO. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, just the difference 
in your mind? Oh, yeah. So the main difference between obviously uh, local and I call it, um, it, it, it national SEO. So people talk mm-hmm. to uh, a, a wider variety. So local SEO is it's businesses who just want to attract customers in their local area. So um, obviously the best ways of doing it are through, you know, ranking for near me search terms, getting a website ranking for when somebody searches for plumber near me or plumber in Liverpool. Um, and it's obviously optimizing Google My Business, which is, you know, a massive part of local SEO. So that's um, that's for businesses who just want to attract um, customers in a local area. Typically, that means that the cost of SEO is um, it, it's significantly less because there's a lot less competition. Um, typically, there's a lot less work that needs to be done. But obviously, the, the flip side of SEO is where most businesses want to be. So a lot of my clients start off um, local businesses and then they say, right, we've dominated the local area. How do we take it to the next level? How do we start attracting customers across the whole country? Um, and that's when you want to start showing up for plumbing company, not plumbers near me. Um, these types of keywords, which get lots more searches, there's lots more competition. That's typically where the bigger jobs are and you know more revenue for the customer. So that's the main difference between the two. And to be honest, the, the process um, between the, the two different services isn't massively different. It just means there's more competition. So you're going to have to create more content. You're going to have to build more links, the way, ways and means of going about it. You're going to have to create links which other people don't have. So typically with local SEO, people will, you know, you, you can rank a website with just local citations, um, which which anybody can build themselves. They're just like creating social media profiles. So when she, once you jump into the, you know, the other side of the SEO, which is national, yeah, you know, you've got to think outside the box. You've got to think of other ways to get links and you've got to think of more ways to get people on your website, not just people searching for your service. Yeah, you know, you, you touched about links. <laughs> I think uh, my audience loves to learn uh, how to get authoritative, yeah. relevant links. And But I want to ask about uh, local links. Uh, I mean, like, uh, for example, if you want to rank a local website, uh, in most cases, um, SEOs provide uh, citations or something like this, you know, catalogs, uh, because it's hard to find yeah, uh, relevant links uh, in their uh, areas. And uh, what do you think, uh, uh, which links uh, are better to have? For example, uh, relevant links, but from other regions or uh, from your uh, area, but irrelevant link? I definitely feel as if having links from other relevant websites across, even if it's across the world, um, you know, is obviously it's better to have the links to the same language as your website. Um, because obviously the you know the anchor text the, the surrounding text around that will be a lot more relevant and it'll be it'll get more traffic in your region. Um, so I, I definitely feel as if from a local SEO point of view, I think with all links in general. Um, I mean, I have this discussion with people all the time. I mean, should we spend thousands of pounds on you know one link in the newspaper? Um, you know, maybe it's called the Daily Mail in the UK. It's a big newspaper. If you spend thousands of pounds, you can probably get yourself a mention in there. Or would you rather get lots and lots of smaller links um, from, you know, let, let's say if you got 20 or 30 links from niche relevant websites, which don't get anywhere near as much traffic um, as, as the Daily uh, Mail or the Daily Mirror. But 
for me, they really move the needle. That tells Google that you are an authority in your subject if other people in your industry are talking about you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Interesting. Okay, uh, tell me about competition with uh, websites that have uh, multi uh, locations. For example, Starbucks, yeah, uh, or uh, I don't know any other McDonald's, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, um, and they rank uh, in local SEO uh, with their uh, stores uh, locations and. Um, uh, or, for example, about uh, real estate. Yeah, we, we can see some uh, big websites that have catalogs uh, in many different regions. How to compete with them if you provide service only uh, in one region? Okay. Yeah, so I really love them types of campaigns. So, you know, when, when you're doing your analysis of, of the SERP and you see these big websites that um, in the UK, for example, there's a real estate website called Rightmove. Um, and they've got a really, really good SEO team, really good SEO team. And when anybody searches for houses to buy in an area, they're always the ones that come up. But when you see that, um, it probably means that you know, th there is an opportunity there. These big businesses aren't targeting this area. Um, they're not getting, they're not actually um, creating content about this area. People would rather, you know, apart from people who are, um, you know, in the digital age, but, you know, typically with, with older people, they would rather go with a local business. So it's all, for me, what I was always do is I would always create this, this website. If it was my own website, I would create it all about the area I was targeting. All the content I'd be talking about would have the area in there. I'd have reviews from local customers. Um, that's something that the big websites don't really, you know, don't really pay much attention to um and it, you know it, it's going to be very difficult to knock them websites off the top space but if mm -hmm. you can get underneath them you know if you can get yourself above the folds people are more likely to go to you because you're going to provide um a, a much more personal personalized service so it's always about if there's somebody there and Let's say there's, you know, there's a couple of other competitors, people who provide the service just below you. Um, always see that as an opportunity. If there's somebody that's above, um, you know, the big websites, whether it is right move, that means that they're going to be really, you know, they're going to be really hard to move. They've been there a while. Um, and for our customers, the target is always, you know, to get them as close to the top as possible. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay. Uh... My uh, audience often asks about uh, uh, how to find the right copywriter uh, or writer for a website because um, uh, if we decided to <laughs> touch more about local SEO, uh, tell me your insights. Do we need to hire people uh, from local area or you can go to uh, platforms like Upwork, uh, Freelancer? Uh, even LinkedIn uh, to find uh, copywriters. And uh, what is your main point of hiring people uh, who will write a text for a website? Okay, yeah. So I do it very, very, uh, I do it differently for different types of projects. For example, I've just started a new project now and the whole website is written by, uh, it's, it's a tool called Jarvis AI. Um, so it's an AI tool which actually writes the content. So 
it's actually, you know, it follows the guidelines that we provide our copywriters with, but it produces on a much larger scale. And we're starting to see some good results of it. Um, starting to actually rank for, for, for uh, quite competitive keywords. So to me, that says that it doesn't, if a AI-based tool can write a piece of content, um, you know, it's a high standard and it can rank on Google, it doesn't really matter whereabouts in the world your copywriter's from. I mean, I've used copywriters uh, from people per hour before. I've even tried copywriters from Fiverr, which didn't work out too well. Um, and, but as long as you know the, the content is is checked from a you know a grammar point of view, with local clients, you you know, particularly in the UK, uh, there are different areas which use different types of terms. Uh, there's lots of slang. So as long as you can get that information across to your copywriter, it, it doesn't really matter. Let's say you've got a, a national business. Um, I would, I would always hire the best copywriter for that niche. It doesn't matter where they're from. Somebody who's got experience in a niche, they understand it. Um, for example, if it's somebody in the, you know, EAT, so it's let, let's say it's you know it's the health niche. You've got to have an expert in, in health content, right? Uh, producing that content and you need somebody to approve it that's actually in the industry um so i would never ever um i would never rule someone out writing content for one of my websites based on what their native language is it's just all about whether they've you know they can show me live examples of their content on websites does it rank obviously it's not their it's not the copywriter's job to make it rank but that for me that's always a good sign it means that they've been working with good other SEO companies previously. So they'll have a good idea about how to produce SEO friendly content. And the way out so with any new campaign I take on, I mean, I actually have a uh, an in-house copywriter for my business who produces the content for um, probably 75% of my clients. But when we take on a new client, which is in a niche, uh, for example, we just took on a client which um, specializes in football tickets. So that will require someone who really enjoys writing about football, someone who's up to date with everything that's going on with people's transfers, with who's winning what matches. So it's all about finding a, you know, a, somebody who's really hot into a topic. Okay. Uh, tell me how do you decide uh, this copywriter can write about broad topics or not? For example, you mentioned that uh, if someone uh, is passionate about football, uh, uh this person can produce uh some high quality content uh if we ask about people who <laughs> never uh, uh, watch any football matches uh, they come yes produce uh, really quality content and uh, i think it's um, the main issue uh when google uh launched uh, the parameter it uh check checking out uh, authority trust and um, uh, for example i remember when Many websites uh, hired many uh, broad copywriters who uh, wrote about everything and they lost ranking because uh, Google can recognize uh, people know content or not. For example, for my blog, uh, I try to cooperate with uh, uh, awesome copywriters who uh, know nothing about marketing and they produce some nonsense, you know, uh, I never published this content. Uh, uh, and uh, But you told uh, that you have a copywriter who can write about different topics. How you can choose uh, 
this copywriter is responsible to create awesome content or not for uh, for a new client, for example? Yeah, so obviously it would be based on the experience of the copywriter. So obviously I know with the copywriter I work for, I know what's you know what she's good at and I know the niches that she's worked in previously. And so it's all about the previous experience. So if a new copywriter wanted to send me a message on LinkedIn and said, you know, I produce content in, you know, the sports niche. I've produced lots of content. It's been picked up by lots of, um, you know, publications in the past. I would say, fine, that sounds good. I've got a new uh, customer who specializes in football tickets. We're going to be producing content for them. Can you show me examples of these blog posts? And that, that's the way I do it. So can you send me examples of content you've produced before? We never ask people uh, to do free work for us. Um, I, I don't believe in that. Um, but what we do is we, we, we do a background check on them. And typically, although a lot of the content is, um, you know, it, it's ghostwritten, as they say, if you ask somebody, you know, show me the examples, they'll, they'll be more than happy to do it. And that eliminates any real risk of, um, you know, having somebody who doesn't know much about a subject, um, you know, producing the content for you. And of course, with every piece of content that is produced by the copywriter, we do check it. We do get our client to check it to start off with before uploading it to their website. So um, that minimizes the, the risk of, you know, actually hurting your own rankings with poor content. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay. Uh, you told about. Uh... Fiverr, yes, <laughs> that yeah. you uh, hire copywriters there. What about quality on this place? Uh, for example, I usually uh, search them uh, on Upwork and um, I hire uh, on Fiverr some great uh, people, uh, you know, who can provide some manual tasks, uh, for example, uh, content management, uh, virtual assistant and uh, captions for my videos, you know, yes, this people can provide really quality stuff uh, and it saves a lot of time and money. But uh, on Upwork, um, I prefer to find copywriters on Upwork because the quality is much better. How you can find quality copywriters on Fiverr, share your <laughs> methods. <laughs> Okay, so the, the, the issue was when I mentioned five before, I haven't had the best experience with it, as mm -hmm. you can imagine. So you are you're buying these services based on other people's recommendations. Um, and obviously, I have different standards to these people that they produce and content for in the past. So we've tried finding, um, don't get me wrong, I do use Fiverr for some services, uh, such, I mean, and I know a really good uh, logo designer. So for when we create our own, uh, projects our own websites we use uh, a logo designer on fiverr who does a really good job it doesn't cost five pounds it costs a lot more um as you can imagine but with, with copywriting i mean we it is literally uh, we're, we're quite fortunate in the fact that we can we can afford to try different people um mm -hmm. with you know, small businesses who are, you know, who are just targeting locally and they don't really have a big budget to push towards SEO. Um, I, I would always, you know, I, I would ask for recommendations personally to other people in the industry. I wouldn't actually go, I wouldn't base any purchases off of what you can actually see online. Um, and because it become quite expensive. I mean, I, I the copywriter I actually used, um, on Fiverr, I think they charged me seven dollars for a thousand words. 
Um, so I, I obviously I was just trying things out. I was just seeing the type of uh, quality content I was getting back. And I, when I come back to me, I actually sent a revision to them. Um, you know, they didn't really understand the, the, the target audience we were going after. They just based the, the blog post is basically written off a sample article we provided for them. They just rewritten it, but there was no, no intent in there. There's no thought about who the target audience is. It was using lots and lots of um, Americanized terms, which that's good for websites in America, but obviously we're based in the UK and the target audience is in the UK. So, uh, but, you know, we learned the hard way. And when we sent the revisions over, they didn't actually, um, they didn't listen to, to, to our opinion. And we, we obviously paid them for the contents, but we ended up spending more time rewriting it and making it sound good than it, the project was at. You know, it was actually worth. So, although I said five was quite good to, to to find people, I wouldn't advise doing it for copywriting. Yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, I remember uh, one time I I order uh, text uh, and. Uh, it probably Fiverr or something like this. And, you know, uh, the topic was about uh, Bitcoin uh, and uh, copywriter uh, provided uh, the text. I sent the text uh, to my editor. Uh, I didn't check out the text. Uh, and my editor told me, you know, yeah, very good stuff, uniqueness, 100%. And uh, when I decided to open this text, I found uh, the first sentence was, the Bitcoin price is uh, ah, was... Uh, the best value in 2018, $20,000 or something like this. And wait a minute, today, 2021, yeah. <laughs> how a copywriter can write like this, you know, uh, that the best price. And I got that they use some tools to rewrite um, the text uh, and uh, fix something. Even editors um, uh, told me, yeah, it's, it's good stuff, but... Uh, my editor uh, doesn't know about bitcoins about uh, this topic and uh, yeah it's important to check out uh, the actual information uh, freshness of the, your content because if you just rewrite I i'm not sure that you can rank <laughs> uh, in the top 10 results because uh, google can recognize us that that's it yeah i think with um, especially when you're making quotes about stuff um you know whether you know, you know, you know what Google has been like over the past eighteen months of coronavirus to do lots of fact checking. Um, that's becoming a, a, an important part of algorithms, especially with the you know the the websites which are affected by EAT. Um, Google, obviously, if somebody quotes like you know if they give a statistic, um, typically um, you would have to cite you know the original source of this statistic, otherwise anybody could make anything up and anybody would believe it. So, um, I mean, and that's what I've noticed as well. When you use copywriters who don't understand your industry, um, they will put um, stats in there. They will put information in there, which it might not even be true. It could just be someone they've made up to make it sound good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I have the last question. Uh, about, you know, for example, from my experience, I usually get uh, much higher results with people who uh, know SEO. Uh, I, uh, if they hire me or my agency, you know, uh, they don't need to know everything about SEO because we spend all our time to learn about SEO. Uh, but um, uh, results are higher with people who understand 
SEO. Uh, for example, um, I, I, I think it uh, it's the same with any niches. For example, if you want to build muscles, you can go to the uh, gym and ask your coach, trainer, uh, please uh, make me muscles. Uh, of course, you need to understand why you need to eat right, uh, how to, uh, why you use this, uh, I don't know, like... Uh, uh techniques or, or something like this uh tell uh how to learn seo from scratch your insights okay yeah so there's there's lots of different ways to do it um the way i actually learned seo was i actually found a um it's it's an apprenticeship in in the uk an apprenticeship is basically when you come out of school and um, you, you get a very, very low wage. Um, you're, basically, you're basically still a student and you learn from other people in the industry. So it could be experts that, that work in the business and you do the, the jobs for them, you know, the, the, the jobs which people would typically outsource to a VA. So it's a lot of data collection. Um, it's a lot of, you know, manual keyword grouping. There's uploading content to people's websites. And yeah, that that's the way I learned SEO, and it, it done you know it it done me done me well. But that was back obviously, as I mentioned before, 2013, 2014. There wasn't that much information about SEO out there. Um, whereas now there are so many different YouTube channels, and that that's what I say. That's how I keep myself ahead of the game. Is I spend hours. Obviously, you've got your your YouTube channel. You've got people like Craig Campbell. Uh, you've got the the NFG SEO guys, um, Matt Woodward. There's a few a few people there. You can look through, you know, years and years worth of their content. And there's beginner guides, advanced guides. It's all free. It's all free content. Um, and this information that you know the, the YouTube SEO guys are giving out is probably better than. You can probably learn more about what lots of SEO agencies know. You're, you're always ahead of the game, and so that's what I'd always say. I'd always say start off, get your, you know, get a get a good picture of what can be achieved with SEO, and then create your own websites. And once you've actually collected all this information, create your own websites. You know, there's, there's free WordPress themes out there. It costs, you know, a couple of dollars per month to host a, you know, host a website. Might cost ten dollars to register um, an, an actual domain, and um, it's you know test stuff. Um, you know, don't be afraid of Google's algorithms. See what works. See what doesn't. And um, you know, obviously, you, you want to test yourself, not uh, using somebody else's money. That's the way I look at it. And um, and I, to be honest, I've always learned my best strategies have come from what I've. Um, I've found somebody talk about it on a YouTube channel through an online course um, in a Facebook group, but I don't just go and implement that straight away on my clients' websites because, um, you know, it, it, it can be quite a risky approach. Um, you don't know who else is using this tactic. You don't know the history of the tactic. So it's all about implementing that on one of my own websites, one of my own projects, if that works really well and it works across a couple of them, then we'll start to implement it on the client's websites. And I, I think that's always, the, with, with SEO, it's all about, you know, analyzing the data that you get back. And it's all about, you know, networking with other people in the industry. And the good thing about this industry is, is that, you know, 
you, you can literally, you know, you can reach out to somebody on LinkedIn and say, how did you do this? Most people will tell you. Um, most people will tell you. Whereas, you know, a, a typical business, let's say if you was an accountant providing financial services, you wouldn't tell anyone your secrets. Whereas SEO, there's, there's, there's enough to go around and there's so many people who are, you know, who are willing to, to share the information without having to spend thousands and thousands of pounds on training courses. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot for all your insights. And the last question. Yeah, I told you <laughs> that was the last. Uh, how people can reach out to you, learn about you, uh, get your services and share your the best way. Okay, yeah. So uh, probably the best way of getting in contact with me is uh, through LinkedIn. So uh, my LinkedIn name, Liam Quirk, the, the same as the name that was here. There's not many of us about, so I'll probably show up. Um, and yeah, that, that's the best way of getting in touch with me. I'm on um, I'm on Facebook as well, the same name. So, you know, if anybody wants to ask me any questions about SEO, they want my insights, they want a second opinion on one of their own websites. Um, you know, I, 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 sometimes I might not reply right away because, um, you know, I'm quite busy with my, my own customers and my own projects. Um, but I, I do get back to everybody. If anybody's got a question, I will get back to them and provide my opinion. Um, and it's, it's the same with, you know, if, if anybody uh, requires help with SEO, they, they want to use my services. Um, we're, we're quite busy at the minute. So it's, um, you know, we're, we're probably, we're, we're reaching capacity point. But um, in a few months, you know, we'll be able to, to speak to people as well. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot. Uh, I appreciate your time, all your insights, uh, valuable, you know, I learned a lot. You know, I, I learned from Craig Campbell, from you, from many other uh, experts who come to my show because, yeah, it's the way of learning, you know, not only to sharing content. Okay, I appreciate your time and hope uh, we can cooperate in many different ways. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I appreciate you having me on the show and, um, yeah, looking forward to, to watching it back. Okay, thanks guys for listening this episode. Uh, listen, subscribe to my channel, to Liam Quirk channels. Uh, uh, follow him on LinkedIn and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.